So we ran down the baseball games and broadcast times for you. Should be good weather. Knock on wood, no rain delays a possibility, at least this first weekend. And we were planning on hoping to try and carry some of the action over in Clearwater, but just from a technical angle, we weren't able to secure a broadcast setup. But we'll certainly be keeping an eye. We'll fully tell you where the games can be seen. Starting off with today's, it'll be on the ACC Network. It has been phenomenal to watch, and I did on Friday. I had one TV on the ACC Network, the other on ESPNU, and they were prominently featuring the St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational, and it's called Elite for a reason. Most every team in it is ranked or just outside the top 25. There are 16 teams playing on a variety of fields at the Eddie Moore Complex. The Bulls are going up against four quality opponents. Thursday actually saw the action begin with Tennessee taking down today's first opponent for the Bulls, Notre Dame, 11-3. Then the Irish played again in the last game and lost to Wisconsin, one of the other teams the Bulls are playing, 2-1. to one. So you can look at it one of two ways. Notre Dame, after a quick start, has now lost two in a row, or uh-oh, Wisconsin looks pretty good because in its first game, the Badgers beat UCF in run rule style, 9-1. to one. The marquee matchup of the day, Florida State looked really comfortable, rolling Tennessee 9-3. to three. And remember last weekend when we mentioned how Illinois State lost its top two pitchers and Mac Leonard was its number two pitcher and top hitter? Yeah, Mac Leonard's now on Florida State and already has two home runs and three three-hit games, including yesterday, against Tennessee. It was also great to see former Bull Bethany Keene playing for Florida State on the tube and say hi to her this weekend if you get a chance. Now, as far as Notre Dame goes, it did not have any issues last weekend at an event in Charlotte going 5-0. and They crushed Bucknell. They needed a late two-run homer to beat Boston University. Abby Sweet, one of their top hitters, came through. She had a five-for-six day with two homers. Then they played BU the next day, and it was a pitching mismatch that Notre Dame won 8 nothing. It was their first 4-0 start since 2011 because they took their next game again against Bucknell, 12 nothing. Then they played the hosts on Sunday, Charlotte, and won 16-1. The aforementioned Abby Sweet went 4-for-4. Four four. She was their top hitter last year. They led the ACC in team batting average with a 299. They basically returned seven of their nine lineup regulars. And they have a tremendous pitching tandem of grad student and two-time captain Alexis Holloway and senior Peyton Tidd, T-I-D-D, along with the highly decorated freshman Shannon Becker. So despite the two losses yesterday in their seven games at 5-2, and two, they're still hitting as a team 358. And mentioned Abby Sweet, 579 with seven RBI. And Corinna Gaskins in seven games has 14 RBI. And again, they have three pitchers, the freshman and the two returners, who have all gone more than double-digit innings. So they're pretty solid one through three. That's today at 3 o'clock. Then, oh boy, Saturday at 1.30. Seventh-ranked Oklahoma State, 4-1. and one. Made the College World Series last year. Had all sorts of home run power, and basically they return almost everybody. They did lose one of their standout pitchers, Kerry Eberly, but it just so happens they have added Miranda Illish, who has a 66-15 and career record with the 1.5 ERA at Oregon and Texas. Yes, she goes from Texas to Oklahoma State. And another player they have added from elsewhere in the Big 12, Morgan Wynn, who spent her first three seasons at Kansas and last year for the Jayhawks. Hit 355 with 17 home runs. Their all-time leader in home runs at Oklahoma State is Sidney Pennington. And again, they return basically all the key members of their offensive lineup, and they've replaced their top pitcher. Oh, remember when I alluded back to last weekend's first opponent for the Bulls, Illinois State, 
and the all-conference best pitcher Morgan Day for Illinois State, who went 19-6. and six. Yeah, she's on Oklahoma State now. She's actually appeared mostly out of the pen for them, but they are really, really good. So far, they are 4-1. and one. They went out to Arizona at Tempe, namely, and played an event with two ranked teams. They actually got shut out by Duke 4 nothing, and they never scored more than five runs. So the offense hasn't really gotten it cranking, but their pitching can hold you down. You're going to have to beat them, it would seem, by a like a 3-1 or a 3-2 score. That's who the Bulls play Saturday at 1.30. Then they have two games on Sunday. Auburn, which is number 25 in one of the polls, and went to 6-0 and yesterday and just has incredible offensive numbers. They beat Texas Tech 7-1. Their margin of victory in six games is 57-5 with 10 home runs. In their Tiger Invitational last weekend, they played five games. The last four were run rules, and the first one was 10 to 3. So they returned four of the five pitchers from a staff that recorded about a two ERA, and that's not bad for the SEC. Shelby Lowe and Maddie Penta so far in their six games. Lowe has pitched four of them with a .39 ERA and 26 Ks in 18 innings, and Penta a .88 ERA with almost two Ks per innings pitch. So Auburn ain't bad. Denver Bryant, great name. One of three hitters, regulars, 500 or above, she leads the way with a 583 mark. Again, they're outscoring opponents 57-5 to with a near 400 batting average. Am I giving you the idea? And then Wisconsin, that was going to be the easy team. You know, they were only 3-3 three and three coming to Clearwater, and you realize, though, that three of their losses were to top 25 teams. And then yesterday, they run rule UCF 9-1, to and they edge Notre Dame. Two to one. The big story for them, very popular player, and oh yeah, very good one. Kayla Conwent took two years off from softball. When she last left us in 2019, she was the Big Ten Player of the Year, hitting 15 homers and driving in 53. Well, yesterday against UCF, she got her first homer back in action. That's the team that the Bulls play in their last game on Sunday at 3.30. So we'll be keeping an eye on those, all of them on ESPN Plus while we're doing the baseball broadcast. Don't forget there's a basketball game tomorrow at noon. Tough one for the men's team last night. At least they've solved their three-point woes. Sorrell Smith, get out of his way. Near corner goes D.J. Patrick. Good for three. And the Bulls are raining triples now. How about this red hot from range USF team that we've not seen all season long. And the Bulls have been one and done. Now here's Hines with a rebound. He missed the putback dunk, got it back, puts it on the floor, kicks it out. Sorrell Smith wide open for three. Yes! Sorrell Smith, his fourth made three of the game. He's in double figures. Whenever you've got a problem, the solution is very simple. Two words, Sorrell Smith. After his Bulls high 17 points, Smith was back at it off the bench, hit three threes to get the Bulls from down four to end the lead, and that was his fourth three in the first half. So after hitting combined in their previous three games, four out of 34 attempts, the Bulls have gone seven for 18, eight for 22, eight for 22, and they've lost all three games. Why? Last night, from three or two, they just couldn't hit shots in the second half. Missed eight in a row at the end of the first half, and nine in a row in the stretch I'm talking about in the second half. East Carolina didn't do anything tremendously special. Wasn't great from three. Shot 45% though overall, and oh, here's the difference. 20 of 24 at the free throw line. As the Bulls only got whistled for two more fouls in the game, but it resulted in 14 more attempts for the other side. Smith did better his previous total with 18 points, five makes, but no other bull 
in double figures in a 65-57 loss. Bulls actually got it to four late, but again, ECU salted it away at the line. They only had six offensive rebounds, but I think three of them were in that stretch. And then we fouled, and we put them to the free throw line. If you take away the last five or six free throws, last six, you know, they, they get to the line 14 times in the, in the second half. We, and very similar to the Wichita State game, we have to defend and play hard because I thought we played with a much greater effort and intensity today, but we did not finish plays off on the defensive end on a couple closeouts, and then we, we fouled and put them to the free throw line. Conversely, we had an opportunity during that stretch at the free throw line to, to, to keep it close, and, and uh, we didn't finalize those plays. And the stretch he referenced was that missing nine from the floor in a row stretch. I have a positive theory about all this. We'll get to it on Around the American. Bulls play tomorrow at noon against Tulsa, and that will be to see who stays out of last place. The sailing team starts off its spring schedule this weekend in St. Pete. Even though we're still in the indoor track season, the Bulls are going to get some outdoor action over at UT on Saturday. I know, it's a little confusing. And don't forget, two chances to see Christina Morris's women's tennis team. They'll play Liberty Saturday at 11 and North Texas Sunday at noon. A lot happening, as always. We love covering it for you here on Bulls Beat. Thanks for listening. Horns up this weekend. I'm Derek Sharp.